What's good, real ones? It's Logan Murdoch and Raja Bell. How you doing, Raja? I'm good, bro. I had a little beef with something I saw on TNT the other day, bro. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why I got a little beefy with that. You gonna tell me why you mad, son? Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why I'm mad. I think you will too, right? I think you got yeah, something to get yeah, off your chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about you know OG players talking to the young generation. We talked about COVID in the NBA. Is mm. is the NBA doing doing right? Is it is it doing? We're gonna tell you why we mad, son. Tell me why you mad on the real ones. Holla next. Ah. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Good man, real ones here. Logan Murdoch, Raja Bell. How you doing, bro? You doing all right, man? I'm doing okay, dog. Got got a, the magic juice shot in my back today. Um, oh, just dealt with my paver guy who's here to give me an estimate on the repairs from my pavers. I mean, just mm. you know, father mm. of four adult type shit going on, dog. Listen, I we were talking before the the um the podcast started, and you were giving me and Sasha a, a little lesson on home ownership and what it's like, <laughs> and horror stories, and then also just the all encompassing thing of being like a real real adult. You know what I mean? And it, you know how's that going for you there, Roger? It's <laughs> listen, it's fantastic. What I, I would say, I would say this though. As it as it pertains and, and ties into the show, um, when I played in the NBA um, and I wasn't around for all of the things that could go wrong in a home and stuff like that, it was a lot easier, man. Like mm. I was on the road when it was time to deal with the paver people and the cable people. <laughs> I was, <It> was like <laughs> I was on the road when the plumbing went bad. It wasn't my like it wasn't my domain. I didn't take care yeah. of any of that. Now you over here. Hold on one second. One second. One second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. And then walking up like I gotta get something. I gotta. Get, I gotta get it done. Damn right. Like hey, I would have. Like I told you, like, given all that I know now, I would have stayed in a condo. It is a lot easier. I, I I get it, man. I respect it, bro. I mean, we were talking about the HOA too, man. Like it's it's it doesn't seem. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Are you are you good, man? Are you good? Do we okay. need to? Here's my. How the hell I'm gonna pay an HOA, right? Which I currently do, right? And I paid mm-hmm. one in the condo, except. 
like the condo was cool because like cable came through the condo and like mm. my electricity was already paid. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm paying the HOA, but all of this stuff is taken care of. I pay an HOA in this development. Um, basically for them to like send me letters saying, Hey, you need to clean your roof or Hey, your mailbox isn't up to code. Like you need to change that. Like, why am I paying you? What are you you're, doing? You're paying them money for them to make you pay more money. Correct. And other stuff. Right. Is that what it is? And to be messing with me. Like that's, I'm paying them to mess with me. Jeez, man. I, <laughs> I just keep getting these horror stories, these HOA horror stories and HOAs are supposed to be like, good. They're supposed to help you and stuff like that. You know what I mean? In theory. Right. And then all I do is hear horror stories about HOAs. HOAs are the, are the devil, bro. The devil. They are not real one of the week, huh? They are anti real ones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They, that is facts. Did you uh did you watch any football this weekend? Did you watch did you watch the uh AFC NFC championships? Bro, who are you talking to, bro? I'm just making sure. I'm just trying to get a little fodder before we get to the shit. Who are you talking to, bro? Yeah, I watched I watched that. What did what did you think? What was your biggest takeaway from the weekend? Like were okay, first of all, were you a Tom Brady fan uh, when he was in New England? Hell, Hell no. no. But this is the dynamic I find playing hey, out, and I'm interested. Tuck rule forever, baby. We're not That's you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, no, I was not a Freaking Tom that, Brady fan, bro. That well, was ahead. against the Raiders. That's right. Yes. Yes, it was. it was. It was against the Raiders. I find myself pulling for Tom Brady now. I hated him when he was a Patriot. And like lightweight, I was cheering against my boys last night who all, all my young sons were pulling for like Aaron Rodgers. And I was like the lone person in the house. Is it because you're old and low-key washed right now and you just want the old man to get it in? Is oh, Tom's older than you, I think, right? Now, first of all, that was absolutely unnecessary. I was out of pocket. Um <laughs> um, that was completely unnecessary, but it could have something to do with that. I just, it, he's, he's one year younger than me. Um, but I always thought him and the Patriots kind of went hand in hand in my hatred and they don't like they're, they're independent of each other. I can, I mess with Tom Brady. I just didn't like the Patriots. I think, you know, I, I don't know if it's triggering, but the Patriots are like the Spurs of the, uh, of the NFL. And we know your feelings about the Spurs of those early years. Do you think that had anything to do with it? Maybe. You're going deep. You're going a little deeper than I would with that, but I mean, it could be something to it organizationally, right? You could have something. Philosophical low is here. Philosophical low is here. Now, <laughs> to your question about who I was rooting for, I was not rooting for Tom Brady. I was rooting for Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers outplayed Tom. Okay, there's no way that you can like no way you slice it, man. Aaron Rodgers outplayed him, but the coach of the Green Bay Packers with the game on the line. Just over two minutes left. You have Aaron Rodgers on the field. Your option is to I'm going to kick a field goal or and or and take it out of Rodgers' hands, or I'm going to give it to Tom Brady with the game on the line. What are you going to do, Roger Bell? What would you do if, in yeah, that situation? That that one caught me off guard, dog. Yeah, I mean you're you're going. Listen, best player like best player in the league this year, MVP probably. I mean Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, but dog, if he if he can't get that done, then I got to say, hey man, we didn't deserve to win that game. But I'm not taking the ball out of his hands. Like you're going to get a shot at that. All I'm going to say before we get to the shits is tw number 12 looks great in silver and black. I'm not sure if you know that. Um, Wait, if number 12 goes to California, he better take his behind down there to San Francisco, dog. He better not be messing with them damn vague. Oh, they're not even Oakland anymore, so it's moot. Okay. Take, right, your, right, take, your ass, take your ass to California, boy. Don't be messing around in, in Nevada. I mean, he'll be all right. Listen, he had the black black and white bandana on after the game. He was throwing signs, okay? Like, you know, it's just tradition for a number 12 to be successful. 
and the silver and black. Okay, you talk about talk about Kenny Stabler, you talk about Rich Gannon. They just need to pass the torch on to Aaron Rodgers right fast. So you know, just I'm just I'm I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Twelve looks great in silver and black. Speak it into existence, Holmes. All right, man. Let's get to the shits. Shits. I, I, okay, so I'm almost like pissed that this happened at, like two days after our last podcast. So I'm I'm perusing the television and I'm watching TNT, and you know it's after the Jazz game. The Jazz are playing well. The um mm-hmm. the Jazz men are playing well, if you will. And uh, so they win a game, and Donovan Mitchell gets interviewed by the the inside crew, right? And you know Shaquille O'Neal is a part of the inside crew. And so I'm going to do my my Shaq impression real quick. If it's bad, we can just re-record it. Who cares? So you go, Spider. <laughs> Spider, this is Shaq. I said, I said tonight that you're one of my favorite players, but you do not have what it takes to get to the next level. I said that on purpose. I wanted you to hear it. What did you have to say about that? And, you know, Sha- Donovan Mitchell caught off guard like, yo, I just had a great game. He's like, he has the face like, what the fuck on his face? And <laughs> he says some things like, yo, I'm going to show you, and I've been showing you, da-da-da-da-da. And Shaq's like, basically just telling him, yo, man, you're not what I think. You, you're not, you're not, you don't have what it takes, right? And Shaq has been a big criticizer of the, of the, um, the new generation and particularly the jazz, right? Um, he talked about Rudy Gobert, just talk, just pocket watching with Rudy Gobert talking about, um, you know, how he doesn't deserve the big bag he got alluding to that. Um, and he's talked about other players before, and I know that he is in a position to talk about players, but it was just the vitriol in which he did it. Right. And so, um, you know, this has also been a criticism that we just talked about with, uh, with James Harden last week, right? With Shaquille O'Neal. And um, so we see that. And then uh Kevin Durant and LeBron James wait on this, right? They 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 won they they both commented on an Instagram post. Kevin Durant writes, them old heads need to go and enjoy retirement. These boys, these boys have coaches they work with every day. And sh- and LeBron says there's a difference between constructive criticism. And soft hating, though. I've seen it both ways come my way. Mostly the hate. You can hear it in their delivery. Now, Raja, I know you're a former player. You talk about new player. Uh, you talk about the current generation a lot. What is the right way about going about this, right? Because I saw Shaq sounded like he was just hating, and it was just like it, it, it just didn't feel it didn't feel right. This type of criticism towards Donovan, right? Like. What do you mean he doesn't have what it takes to get to the next level, bro? He was one of the stars of the bubble last year. He's the the the, the Jazz are second in the West. I don't know what what does he have to do. I don't I don't. I just think Shaq was hating. Is, am I wrong in thinking that? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I can't really speak to. I can't speak to where Shaq's mind was at with that. Um, it's it's, it's interesting, right? Because first of all, we're all part of a fraternity, right? So even if we don't play anymore we are part of a fraternity very few people ever get an opportunity to do that so um there is a there is a, a brotherhood right that and a and a respect that you should have for the people playing the game now and that they should have for you but when you take a job in the media um it, it, your your job then by definition becomes you know to have an opinion and and in the analyst role like to break things down and so if your opinion is that someone is not um 
a star that can be the number one and win a championship on a team. Now, mind you, this is not my opinion. This is what I think Shaq was trying to say with the Donovan uh, thing. And I caught him at halftime when they were chopping it up. So I saw him say it live. That was your opinion. Like you weren't saying that to elicit some sort of like um, response in terms of taking your game to the next level from Donovan Mitchell. That's not what you were doing. Like he said that, like that was his opinion on it. And if that's your opinion, you're entitled to it. I, my beef was like when he, you look like when they brought Spider on after the game, you weren't ready for that or anticipating that taking place when you said what you said. You look like you got caught with your hand in a cookie jar and you tried to like figure out a way to kind of, uh, uh, you know, kind of qualify what you said and soften the blow to Donovan Mitchell. Like that, just stand behind what you said if that's the way mm. you feel about it. And that's mm-hmm. your, you're entitled to your opinion. You have a platform, you, you can say that. And I don't think that, that any player should should think someone's hating. Like if Shaq don't feel like any player in the league um, is good enough to carry a team and they haven't done it yet, like he's entitled to that opinion. Like it doesn't have to be hate. It could just be the way he feels. If you're Donovan Mitchell, would you walk off or would you just like just take that like how he did? No, like I first of all, I don't I don't I don't necessarily agree with Shaq. I want to make that clear. Um, you know, that's one of those things like I. You know, if I'm Donovan Mitchell, I don't really know how I play that because when you get grabbed right after a game, I, you don't know that Shaq has said that, right? So he was kind of cold cocked by the question, like, "Damn, dog, like you said that shit," and then you had the nerve to like say it to me, say it to me, and so I, I think he did a good job handling it. I, I just wish Shaq ha- hadn't kind of like muddied it up like he did. Look, you made the statement. I've made the statement before about people like I think they're great players. They might not be. A superstar. Superstardom is reserved for, I don't know, there are like eight guys in the NBA that I would call superstars. If you don't fall into that category and you fall into the tier below that, there's no shame in that. You know what I'm saying? And so I wish Shaq would have just kept it a buck with it. Instead, he tried to like duck and dodge and, 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 you know, whatever he was trying to do with telling the man that he did it for his own good. Like that's bullshit. (laughs) I, I just feel like, Whenever I watch the league or the NBA or the NBA coverage from former players or even former coaches, it always seems like they are just just shitting on this current generation, whether it's the bread they got it too early or whether it's just they don't do it the way that it used to be done. And um, and when I go look at the NFL or I go look at like um, – I don't know any other sport from former players and stuff. At least there, there's like an air of propaganda. You know what I mean? There's like a, there's something like, oh my god, this is great. You listen to Chris Collinsworth sell the game every Sunday. It's like, what a great throw by a great player. And oh my, can't you just see that? Like it's just, I just real, I just feel like there's not enough like player propaganda. <laughs> I, I don't know you. how I'm trying to. But, but you, let me ask. I don't you, know, like me... selling the game. Like I, you know, I just feel like. Former players and like legends, it just seems like they're always shitting on the current generation. And I guess there should be some balance, but I just feel like, at least from a player standpoint, shouldn't there be like some form of like we're celebrating these guys? I mean, I, I'm a media member, so it's it's different for me. Like that's, I, I, but I just feel like I from something that I've seen with the NFL and the and the NBA, it's just a subtle difference. Well, um. Yeah, that's it's it's an interesting opinion. I said you're drawing a parallel to like Chris Collinsworth. A couple things come to mind, like the in-game for NBA, like the the in-game color commentators. 
I think they do a pretty good job of celebrating the guys. Like they're not typically the one with the hot takes in terms of like who's a star and why he can't win it. Like they're not. I think some of those guys actually do a good job, kind of like Chris Collinsworth, does, of of of, of um, celebrating them, if you will. Um, the other thing is Chris Collinsworth. I mean, he might have had a great career. Forgive me for not like being super familiar with it, but he's not Shaq or like Charles Barkley. Those are all time greats sitting on a yeah. set. Um, and it's, it's, it's gotta be very difficult for them. Like, um, because they were all time greats, very few people measured up to them, like in, in the history of mm. the NBA. So the vantage and, and the, the, the vantage point that they're looking at it from like the prism that they're viewing it through is, is of an all time great. Like it's not of like mine where I can look at Donovan Mitchell and be like, I'd never be that. Like I could never do that. They're looking at it. Like I I was way better than that. Yeah. And I mean, that's what makes them great. I did Yeah. So do you feel like that competitive, it's more so that competitiveness that there is there. Um, and that they kind of want to, you know, they don't want to necessarily get off of that throne, right? They, you know, you was, the thing that makes them great on the court also makes them seem bitter on the, on television is what, is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. I, th I think, I think that's fair. Um, and I, I think in some cases it could be misconstrued as bitter to the point that you just made. But in other cases, I, I think it is bitterness, right? Like, and I'm not saying Shaq was in this instance, but when I played, I'm sure there were a ton of, of former players in some media outlet talking about the money that I made from the Suns and saying like, how the hell does this cat make that much money? Do, do you know what I mean? Just because that's the nature of the beast. The, the, the brand continues to grow. It, it continues to globalize and the money is exploding. So I think it's human nature for dudes to sit around and look at the money that some of these players are making now and be like, yo, like, and feel some kind of way about it. So there, there are times where it could come off like that and it wasn't meant like that. And there are other times where I do believe it to be just, you know, a slight, slight bit of jealousy about the financial uh, windfall that is the NBA contract these days. Does it make you, how did it make you feel as a young dude? And you're like, dude, when someone's criticizing you for whatever reason, and you may not feel like it's justified, maybe it's the bread and, and um, these guys got it too good right now. And, you know, it's the evolution of every generation that usually happens, right? How did that make you feel? Are you like, man, what the fuck, dude? Like, I show you love and I show you all this. Thank you. You're the reason why I do have this. I appreciate it. And right. you still get shitted on. Like, how did that? How does that make you feel from a younger player's perspective? It doesn't make you feel good. And I can draw one comparison. I had um, I had injured myself in the 2006, I believe, it was playoffs against the Lakers. The one, I mean, not the Lakers against the Mavericks. It was the year Sean Marion has said he thought we could win a championship. And I had to sit games two and three, and we lost those. I think. Um, and I came back for game four, and I had magic. I had heard him pregame. Um, say something and I revered him about me costing my team by coming back because I wasn't clearly not going to be ready to play on a torn calf. Um, and that made me feel kind of shitty, you know? And so I remember like I went out and I was not ready to like play. I could barely move my leg, but I was playing on straight adrenaline and there was just a little bit of a spark that I gave to the team. I probably had like nine points, drew some charges and we won the game and I got interviewed post game um, and I referenced it like, yeah, I heard what you guys said. Like, you know, I would never come out here to cost me. And so I've shot back at them respectfully, like, you know, like 
Like, don't judge me, dog. Like, I'm in these shoes now. I'm I'm the one that's got to, like, answer to whether or not I'm hurting my team. Like, you have a responsibility to give your opinion, but that doesn't mean that, like, I can't respond to that and give my side of the story and, and the way I feel about it. So I'm not saying what I did was right. Again, I thought Donovan handled himself really well, but I, I, if I'm being honest, I would have liked to have seen him stand up a little bit more to Shaq and, and, and challenge it a bit, you know? I, I just, I, I wish he would have just been like, F you and just like, I don't care what you think and walked off. That would have just been wild. That would have been lit. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> that would, I, if he would have just been like. For podcast purposes or just you're, you're saying like, you think that's what he should have done. Been like, yo, F you, I'm out. I, I just, I, I just wish you, cause I, I don't know, like I just considered the source, right? Like Shaq is saying this, but I remember when I was growing up and Bill Walton was getting on his head and he was the same way. You know what I mean? And I was on Shaq's side, like, yeah, man, just, just, what are you talking about, Bill Walton? Like, Shaq is, <laughs> is a big Shaq is a goat. You know what right. I mean? And that's why it's 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 wild to see, um, you know, Shaq in this position of, like, being this kind of guy, being this guy who is, you know, he's never won a championship. Yo, Chuck, why? Because people were saying that about him, and he was getting really offended. You know, he was one of those guys that was getting it. So that's why it's like, Shaq, you should understand, right? Right. And that would be some of my, would be a gripe of mine if like an OG did it. And I'm like, yo, man, especially in a public setting, like, yo, man, you could, you could holler at me on the side. Like, maybe it's not as good television, but we're, it, like you said, it's still a fraternity. You know what I mean? But that show doesn't work if those guys aren't up there saying wild shit. Like, they, it doesn't. That's true. It doesn't, yeah. it's not the same type of like, you know, viewing experience if those dudes aren't as candid as they are. And there, yeah, there's going to be some stuff that comes off like it's probably mad offensive and, and, and borderline like, at, like the, the SEC is that or at whatever it is has to get involved because then boys Somebody are borderline. Got involved. Right. But that's what makes that show. And I, let me just play devil's advocate again, Logan. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I want to do this just for pod's sake, right? Like, yeah. has, has Donovan Mitchell risen to superstar status in your mind like is he a superstar or is he just a really really good player he's a star he's a star he's a, on the ascent though for sure but okay. i think after the bubble performance definitely a star i mean but a, a star is a fine screen. a star yeah. is fine okay and that you can be a star but that's not really what they were talking about they were talking about being the dude who is the superstar that brings like fortune to the organization which means championships I mean, bro but that's what it I means mean, i mean he kind of he's no he has not no he, he has hasn't not. brought championships but he has brought in the utah jazz like back after gordon haywood left like we we thought it was over you know what i mean I, he has done a good job so boom would you consider dame lillard a superstar yeah i think dame lillard is a superstar okay then has he got has he won a title I, th I also think he's better than 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 Donovan Mitchell. I'm not saying but that Donovan Don Mitchell's like Donovan Mitchell's like twenty something though. You know what I mean? And I'm just saying like he's in his early twenties, twenty four, twenty five, something so, like that. So okay, yes, th and that's a good point. I'm just saying I think I think I think what Shaq was saying, and here's where I think Shaq went wrong, was that you can't say that he can't take that next step. I think it's fair to say that he's he's not that that guy yet because it hasn't really happened like Ch chuck doubled down on like you know the scoring aspect like 
hellified score, but what else are you doing like on the thing? And I'm not digging, I'm, I'm, I didn't look at the numbers. So I'm not, I'm just saying that was the case they were making. So if you can make, if you make that case, because that's the way you genuinely feel as someone in the media, I have to respect that. Like, I don't have to agree with it, but I have to respect it. I think they went wrong in saying that he can't take that next step because to your point, he's 25 years old. Like it, he hasn't won a championship yet. But if he is, but truly I don't, I don't on think the, that, that necessarily makes you a, that make or break you as a superstar. Like, I'm not comparing anybody, but like, KD was didn't win a title, was a bona fide star. I'm just saying, that, not to the point to say like they're the same player, but the fact I'm just making the point that it can't happen without that winning is fair. the title. That is fair. I still would. I that is fair, and I'm still going to say, and I, I don't, I don't believe him to be a superstar. I believe him to be a star right now. And he could ascend. He could ascend to be a superstar. That's where, in my opinion, like you made the mistake if you're Shaq and Chuck. Like I, I think that you could be a superstar potentially. I don't know that you cannot be right now. I don't have him in my superstar category. Mm. Do you say? Do do you? How should former player? You know, because you've you've gotten both sides of it. How should former players critique this? this brand of uh, this new generation of basketball players because or star or old legends critique this because it's hard right because they're competitive for a reason and that's why they've gotten to the point that they are but how should they criticize players and, and have that constructive criticism yeah i think honesty like is is always important right so i don't think everything you say has to be a glowing you know um critique of of a current player if you don't genuinely feel like that and i think that's okay i've said that i you know i you know i don't think that the new generation of player should feel offended and all in their feelings about someone saying what they feel about that i also think older players owe um this new generation of player a fair a fair um eval Right. So you shouldn't have your feelings involved about what you were paid versus what they were paid. You have to weigh in the fact that the game is played differently. Right. Like it's not played interior based anymore. It's a perimeter game. And I don't think a lot of former players do that. I think they judge and I've been guilty of it, of judging like a big, for instance, by how many times he goes down there and touches the ball in the paint. That ain't fair to him. That's not the way he was taught how to play the game. You know, so we have to do a better job, you know, on that end. But I think to your question, like the simple answer is just be fair and honest about like y- your criticism constructively or otherwise about what you see or your glowing and ringing endorsement of a player if that's the way you feel about it. But take take emotions and like jealousy and stuff out of the equation when you do that. Be fair when you do it. My uh, high school coach, Alonzo Carter, used to tell us all the time, get your feelings out to shit. Great life advice. Just amazing life advice. Told that to some seventh graders yesterday. In in mm. in so many words, and, and okay, okay, and and before I get out of here, like, what do you think as a young player? Like, how much do you guys look for that approval from the OGs when you guys are of that age, right? Where you're like, oh man, like you said, Magic, I'm sh- Magic in the '80s was that dude. That shit Legend. hurt my feelings, bro. When he said that about me, like, and he doesn't know me, and I don't really know him, but the shit hurt my feelings because I was such a big fan. So I get it. Like when 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 dudes are like. Damn, dog, Do you guys like, watch that? Do you guys look at these these tele just to like, yo, what is bro saying about me? Like, how did you, how did you, or you just caught it on a whim when you when you saw it? Nah, like we're on the slate of playoff games, right? Like, so every night there's a slate of games on TNT or what, whatever. And so as you're kind of meandering about behind the scenes, like going out for your shoot around and stuff, the the games prior to you were up. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there people are watching. So if you happen to be in your locker or in the training room while somebody pops up on set at halftime or in between games, you're going to see what they're talking about, right? Because yeah. the games are up. And that's typically, you know, you're not scrolling through your mentions at halftime or anything, but the games are I mean, playing players all around. do that now. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would advise against that. We didn't. We would just catch yeah. it like as it was on the TV. And so, did you ever get to, what did what did Magic say, or did you get to talk to Magic afterwards? Like, what was the what was the um, resolution in this? There was no resolution, man. I told him I heard it, and I said, like, you know, I respectfully like disagree. I was like, I wouldn't put my team in a in a situation where I felt I was going to hurt them. Like, we were undermanned, and I felt like I had something to contribute. And if I didn't feel that way, I wouldn't have been out here. So that's what it and was. You said it in a real you said that in a real like PC way. You knew you were on TNT. Now, what was going through your mind, Raja Bell? <laughs> um, it, it was pretty much that Logan because first of all you still all, got respect for Raj I mean you still got respect for Magic damn right I was raised yeah. to respect my elders man like so like yeah. you know I'm even in that space today bro as a grown man like I you know if you're if you're older than me there's a reverence that I pay to that like you've you've earned that bro you've seen and done way more than I have so um, again I was more hurt than anything like and I wanted to let them know like I, they had come off like I was going to hurt the team, and I wanted to let them know that I was anything but that. Like if I felt like I would hurt us, I would have not played. And so that's all I wanted to kind of express. Like I would never put our team in jeopardy if, if uh, like, like uh, intentionally. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's a it's a thing that keeps going on. You know, all the time. You know, back and forth between legends and current players. I think it's. I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. Like, whenever you usually when you see a legend do something, it's criticizing a new generation. But like, it's a tough balance because you know, like you said, Shaq has a job to do. Man, he does. He has a job to do, and if that's what he sees, then damn it, that's what he sees, right? Yeah, man. Like, you know, let give me ten years. Now, LeBron's never probably going to sit up and commentate and do TV or anything like that, but. With a, you know, when that becomes your job, you're going to be singing a different tune, LeBron. Like when that becomes your job and you're looking at a young player and they ask you some stuff about it, you know, if you never ever say anything and you're always straddling the fence, what happens to that media member, Logan, that never has anything to say? What happens? Yeah, you got to go, bro. So you, you, you know, you learn and you're taught to have an opinion one way or the other, have an opinion. And if you don't feel comfortable doing that, then you shouldn't be sitting on in front of a microphone. Yeah, I mean, it's, I get it. I get it. It's, I don't know the balance. I can't imagine the balance that you have to to strike in doing this as a former player because you know a lot more because I can criticize, but I don't know as much as you about the game. And so I can imagine that it's like, you have a lot more nuance than I could. I try to have a lot of nuance when covering these guys, but it's just not as good as yours. It's just not, I wasn't. No matter how much I've been around it, I haven't been in those shoes. So I'm sure it's a little, I'm sure it's tough, a tough balance you got to strike. It, it, I mean, it was really hard for me early when I first started because I was a straddle defense guy. Like, and I, the reason I, I, I know that you can't be is because I've had producers and bosses say to me, Hey, man, you got to have an opinion, man. Like, you can't, you can't, you know, like dance around that dog. Like, give us, give us something. And so, it conditions you to do that. Um, you know, I, again, my, my you can have the opinion that Shaq and Barkley had, whether I agree with it or not. Um, you can have that opinion. I, I I do think, though, that Shaq was was wrong for saying 
that he can't make it to that next level as a superstar because I think that's too TBD, right? Like it's to be determined. Yeah. And he is, and and you are correct on the ascension as a player. He's a young player. He's still learning. Like none of Sh- Shaq and Chuck, like Chuck, they weren't legends when they first came out. They built, they developed into legends, right? Like yeah. even MJ developed into a legend. So you know, he didn't start off winning championships. So Donovan's doing what he does, bro. He's learning. You know, you're, you're, they're, they're failures that help you learn and get over humps. And so he's doing that right now. We're watching him. That, that's TBD. Where I think they went wrong was with that. And then also Shaq going on there and kind of dodging. Like, that's what I don't like. Like, when you hopped up and now Donovan's in your face. And I just watched you like an hour ago say with emphasis that this cat couldn't do that. And now you try to roll it up and like I was doing that for you. I didn't love that. I, yeah, that that's 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 real. All right, man. Before we um before we go to the next break, I just want to tell you guys, man. I'm about to tell y'all while I'm mad over the next oh. after we get back from bread. I'm about to Ooh. tell them while I'm mad. I'm the mad the matter who tell me why back. you mad, son? Why you mad? I tell you why you mad. All right, we'll be right back. The next time you're watching basketball, I've got the perfect way for you to get in on the action for free talking about NBA in play. It's absolutely free to play on the FanDuel app and features all the fun of live betting. NBA in play turns every quarter of every game into a free contest where you can win real cash prizes. So while you're watching the game, all you have to do is predict the outcomes of plays and game props before they happen to claim your share of the prize pool. Best of all, a new contest starts every quarter of every game, giving you more ways to win. FanDuel is the exclusive home for NBA InPlay, so the action is always available right at your fingertips on the FanDuel app. The app is so easy to use and it takes less than two minutes to sign up. And it doesn't matter where you live or where you're traveling to, because NBA InPlay is available in every state. Don't miss your shot. Get in the game and download the FanDuel app to start playing NBA InPlay today. And we're back. So, Raja, I'm going to tell him why I'm mad, bro. Just let, let it, tell it th- th- Yeah, go ahead, bro. Am I, the, can, the, I, can, the, I, can I can I it's just yours. Can I, it's yours, dog. Do it. Can I speak my shit again? Can Do I it. can I can I talk my okay? All right. So I'm on Twitter, you know, as I do. You know, I'm a, I'm a millennial. You know what I mean? You know how we do. So I see a tweet from Mark Stein. Shout out Mark Stein. Shout out. It's a good dude, bro. It's a good, really shit. good dude. It's a good shit. I love Mark Stein. Anyway, he tweets out. The NBA will soon be up to nine teams allowing reduced crowds with Atlanta and Miami planning to start admitting fans this week. Indiana started last week, and Memphis is allowing floor seat and suite holders in their arena. Cleveland, Houston, and New Orleans, and Orlando and Utah are the others that are that are letting fans into the arena right now. Um, Raja. Um, <laughs> Atlanta is one of the uh, the teams that are that are letting fans into the arena. It's about ten percent of the arena. Um, this is coming. I don't know if you're aware of this. We, I know you're aware of this because we talk about this pretty regularly. We are in the middle of a pandemic. That's why <laughs> me and you aren't together right now doing this podcast. Right. We're in the middle of a pandemic in Georgia right now, where the Hawks play. I'm not sure if you're aware. The Hawks play in the state of Georgia. Last week. About 91% of the state's ICU beds were occupied because of COVID, right? That was 91%, you said. 91% mm-hmm. of ICU beds are being used in the state of Georgia right now for COVID. Mm-hmm. And then the other team, Miami, 
who is also going to use, um, who's also going to open up their their uh, arena. We already know what it's how how Florida gets down with the pandemic. They they have been a poster state of negligence and continue the to whole be pandemic. and continue they to be. They don't give a. They don't care. Right? They don't give a fumble. They don't give a. Fumble. They don't give a fumble. They, right. They don't give a fumble. So. Atlanta is about to open up. Atlanta is about to open up their their arena for fans, limited capacity, um, allegedly social distancing. Because as we've seen in any other sport, like the NFL, they don't. There's not going to be social distancing. You're going to put them on the concourse and things like that, right? And you talk about the. Let me tell you these other teams: Houston Rockets, right? We already know how Texas get down with the pandemic. They are not tripping off of this at all, right? And I'm not speaking on no high horse because California is about to uh, go to a tier system too, and I am not with that at all, <laughs> right? Um, the Indiana Pacers. Indiana has not has not been tripping off the off none of that mask wearing none of that. There's a theme going on, sir. Um, the Salt Lake Salt Lake City where the Utah Jazz play. So, Utah has not cared about cannot cared about closing their state at all, right? <laughs> But this is a bigger thing to me, right? Um, and also Memphis, and Memphis is the biggest one. They're allowing courtside seats. They've been doing that for the past couple of weeks. Um, I don't know if you're aware, Raja, but the Memphis Grizzlies have had to postpone their last five straight games. I don't know if there's a correlation to that, but and so I was talking to my homie Evan Barnes, who covers the uh, Grizzlies, and you know, they say, yeah, man, you know, they're getting rapidly tested and things like that. They're um, they're rapidly testing fans to go courtside. Now, that seems good in theory. However, we all know this by the CDC guidelines that, you know, you could be asymptomatic or you can not. That's not it. The biggest thing is you can be asymptomatic. But that's not the point. The point is it could take up to five days for you to even show symptoms and you could have COVID. Like you could have COVID and test yes. test negative because it's not showing up in your body, right? But my biggest thing, Raja, and this is why I am pissed, and this is why I'm going to tell you why I'm mad. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why I'm mad because the NBA, what have they done all summer, man? They've all said we're about the player, we're about player uh, safety, we're about Black Lives Mattering, right? This pandemic and this virus has disproportionately taking black and brown lives over everybody right and you're gonna t- and you're going to tell me that black lives matter to you and you're going to tell me all these things about player safety and you're gonna tell me all these things yet you're gonna you're gonna line up some fans to sit courtside at an NBA game you let that happen on your watch you let that happen and you're t- gonna tell me that you care about these player safety just I don't even care about like if you're going to say that just don't lie to me. Just don't just don't 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 be a hypocrite. Don't do this, right? And this is another thing that I've had with the league and then Adam Silver because he is the one that said in a matter of weeks was like we're not going to jump the line for vaccines and then 2 weeks later he's going to go and tell us, "Well, you know, it could be a great educational uh, purpose for NBA players to get the vaccine." Nah, man, you just want to you just want to just do it in a politically correct way so you can make sure that every but honestly man we know it's a business this is just what it is we know what just don't lie to me raja am i wrong for feeling this way man am i wrong for i'm not even like just just i just feel like you're just lying to my face with all these things when all we know is that this is a business bro we're not don't just don't don't do me like this we don't say this, bro, because all you're doing is letting people open up crowds where states are allowing who don't really care about COVID are just 
running wild. Am I wrong for these statements, Roger Bell? Please, if I'm wrong, just let me know. Uh, I grew up in Miami and in the Virgin Islands. You learn to speak Spanish when you live there. What I will say to you is, negocios son negocios, baby. Business is business, dog. Like, they, that's what it is, Logan. You hit the nail mm-hmm. on the head. You just need to come out and say it and stop. Like, stop acting like people don't already know and you're fooling someone with the narrative that you're trying to create. It's about it's about business. And that that's okay. But, you know, like talking out of both sides of your mouth, you lose credibility. And that's 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 the space that the NBA and Adam Silver are dangerously um, stepping into. Like if they haven't already, and it sounds like for someone like you, they've already entered that space and that's fair. But you're getting critically close for people um, to, to, to you, you've got. A, so the NBA, interestingly, of all the leagues, you know, the NBA gets a lot. They get passes sometimes that other leagues don't get because Adam Silver's been, you know, a real player friendly owner. And and and, you know, the NBA commissioner, really, commissioner, commissioner, sorry, commissioner. Yeah, you're good, um, you're good. But they've done a they've done a really good job of, of creating a narrative and a brand that's kind of you know, fan friendly and so on and so forth. And you're just, you're getting dangerously close to, to having people start to question that. And so I, I mean, I can't elaborate any more on what you're saying because everything you said was correct. Um, but in money, you know, business is business dog. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do get that. And I, that's just been a problem that I've just had with the league, just speaking out of both sides of their mouths in general. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you could say like, yeah, we got Donald Sterling about the paint, but like a few years ago, but, I mean, he was a racist for a long time and it just took it was the optics were just bad. Right. Like that was pretty much what it it seemed like. Right. Like you're talking. Dog, wait, I'm going to ask you, do you think. Look, look come on, let's keep it a buck, dog. What's like up, Donald, Sterling, Donald Sterling, Donald Sterling, Donald Sterling got caught saying some wild shit on tape. You think Donald Sterling is the only one of them owners that says wild shit like that? Absolutely not. Yeah, I on, know yo. that he's I I, I, I I see the jig, Roger. I'm just saying like. I think the NFL, and I have a lot of problems with how the NFL operates, obviously, but at least the NFL, the NFL just, they just don't give a fuck. They, they just don't. don't care. They, they don't. don't give a they fuck. Don't. They had the, like, they had the audacity to, you know, all the stuff with Colin Kaepernick, and then they're going to fucking give me an MLK um, video on the Twitter the other, the last week during MLK week. Like, they just don't give a fuck. <laughs> right? And, I do not. I have a lot of problems with the NFL, but I, like sometimes I just be wishing the NBA just don't, just don't do this, man. Just stop lying to me, bro. Just we get that it's a business. We get that like what you have to do. Just, you just what are we doing, man? What, what, I, yeah. I, and I don't think there's anything to your point. We get it. We get it. Just say it. Like don't be trying to you know muddy the waters and make people think that it isn't what it is. Just be like out in front with the way it is and look dog things have changed hey we're in the, we we might lose our season bro like i know i said we weren't going to vaccinate the players like before anybody else but we're in jeopardy of this whole thing crumbling too much money's on on the line dog like we might have to get these vaccines right exactly and so exactly too many people are, are getting not, we thought it was going to be straight but then that wave happened and it was like damn well like what things have changed correct things have changed you know what I mean? things have changed and Listen, man, it, it is what it is. We see capitalism all the time. We see all this stuff that's happening. My question to you, though, is how would you now let's go to the player side of this. 
How would you feel, Raja, if you're going to Memphis, right, and you see you see that they just had this mandate? You're reading in the paper because you know you like. I don't know if you read your news on iPads and stuff like that. I don't know, you know. But yeah. you read your you read your New York Times paper. You got your glasses off off to the, the end of your nose, and you're just mm. like, and you see, oh. I'm going to tell Memphis. you what, you're lucky that we're podcasting over, <laughs> over. yeah, you're lucky we ain't sitting across yeah. the table from each other right now. <laughs> no, but, so you're, you you see the news that, oh, we're about to go to Memphis right now, and there's courtside seats, there's courtside fans. How are you feeling, Raja? What's going What's going through your mind? Nah, nah, like not courtside, not courtside, Logan. Um, you know, you could, you could, you could be the courtside ticket holder um, and be given the, the, the benefit of being one of the only people let in the arena because you pay the premium for the seats, but that seat needs to not be courtside. Like put, put them, you know, at the, t- at the top of the first bowl. Right. And it's still exclusive because only you guys are in here, but don't have him sitting right next to me on a damn court. Yeah, no, not at all. And then like, I remember I saw, um, the Lakers were in Houston and all those fans, when LeBron goes through the tunnel, you know exactly what happens, man. When LeBron mm. is exiting the floor, everybody coming to the everybody coming to the um to the yes. to the tunnel. Right. And LeBron just doesn't have a mask on. He's throwing his stuff and like it just doesn't seem like great optics, man. It doesn't matter what you do. Like this social distancing is just it's not gonna happen in these arenas, bro. We saw it in I know you watched the I know you watched the uh the NFC and AFC championship games. Yes. That should look lit. Those two, <laughs> those two games, it looked like it wasn't sold out, sold out, but it, it was too many fans for my comfort level. Definitely. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, listen, you remember we talked about the Notre Dame Clemson game. Do you remember that game? I do. That, where that happened also in Indiana where the Pacers play, where who are also letting fans in. But yeah, I saw that, man. Yeah, dog. Like it's it, again, man, just if don't say that the player safety is the priority. Say that we run a business, um, and during the pandemic, it's very, very you know difficult, and it's a precarious situation for us, and we have to be flexible and change according to like the bottom line. And right now, the bottom line says this is what we need to Listen, do. Listen, it's a negotiation, bro. Like, let, let's not act like the NBA was just like this social justice. Oh my goodness, yeah great league let's be real man they put black lives matter on the court and 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 spent that bread because that was the only way you were going to get black lives on the court because that's what they want that's what they requested when you were trying to get them back on so you can make you can fulfill your tv money and your tv obligations let's just keep it a buck man we're not like that's just another thing that i just it's just the hypocrisy like it's still a business and Again, just don't lie to me. And I just feel like I've just been con- – I don't like being lied to, Raj, and I just feel like I'm constantly being lied to by this league right now. And then this league that has built up so much goodwill through this bubble, and I just feel like it's just eroding right now. That's my fear. Right? What you just said is my fear. Like the the league that ha- that had – and like so I feel like like the NFL appeals – like I love the NFL, but like their, their diehard fan is a more conservative person. Like do you know what I mean? Like the NBA yeah, diehard got- fan is not wearing masks and stuff. Right, that's their diehard base. Like yeah. our the NBA's diehard base is 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 you know uh, a more progressive, moderate to liberal. Yes, moderate correct. to liberal. Yeah. Um. So during like all of this stuff, you have built up a lot of goodwill as a league, and I feel like a lot of people feel the way you feel, where where you're like, you're fucking lying to me over and over again. You're you're starting to erode, and that's a dangerous thing. Like for a league's health in general, post post bubble. You know what I mean? Because there's 
there's a lot that goes into the the fans supporting the brand um and feeling that goodwill and 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 genuine like connection with it and when you start to erode that like there could be re- real ramifications down the line yeah i remember um and I, I can't help but think like how St- david stern would do it because david stern i feel like would have just been gangster with it i know you don't like david stern but he no. would have just been like no we're, no this is what we're doing this is what's going to happen he okay. would have he would have been a G with his. Yes. It would have been there would have been no like, hey man, I'm trying to cloak it in this or that. This is no. the way it's going down. It's happening right now. You guys are gonna play. We're gonna try to get this vaccine because we need it for our league to survive. How about yes. that? That's exactly what David Stern and hate him or love him. And I didn't hate him, but I just didn't have any great like interactions with David Stern. So I couldn't say that I loved him. Um, you, you always had to respect him because he kept it a buck like that. He was not. I mean, he was a Don Dada, man. Mouth. Like he was like, nah, he's, I remember when I, my, the first time I saw David Stern was just like a real, like a real G with his for better or worse was that that Chris Paul veto trade when he vetoed that trade. It was like, yeah, I acted, I was acting as a, as a team owner. What? Mm-hmm. Now make another deal, please. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Oh, you're going to criticize me? Oh, oh, okay. All right. We're now good. make another deal. We're good. He's yeah. not going to be a Los Angeles Laker. He's not, not happening. I'm sorry. Not happening. We're not doing it. Oh, and I'm not a commissioner right now. I'm the owner of the New Orleans um, Hornets right now. So, <laughs> correct. And then, I, and then I'll flip back to be the commissioner to sign off on the deal that I just made for the Hornets as the owner of the Hornets. Hmm. Sorry. How you like that? Sorry, not sorry. But like, I just I just want that to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen, but like that's just been a theme. And I think that, and I just want to say that I think that Adam Silver has been a really good commissioner for this. Sure. This 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 during his tenure, I just think one criticism is that I just feel like he speaks out of both sides of his mouth sometimes to appease everyone. Whereas the 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 the, the league had some of his highest ratings when uh, David Stern was just telling people, "Well, tough shit. <laughs> this is what it is." <laughs> You know, yeah, um, I hear you. Hey, look. So I, I heard. Now this is the same topic, but Miami is in, in going to use COVID sniffing dogs as which part is of enough, the, which is some Florida shit. I mean, Roger, I, I, I've even I've, like when I was reading up on that, and it's like a lot of people say it's it's. It's cool at best. It is not something that you want to make the end all be. It's kind of like temperature checks, right? Because like if you're asymptomatic with temperature checks, right? I mean, your temperature could be fine and you still like go walk into the restaurant. Like, I don't feel safe when someone checks my temperature, bro. Dog, is it, but is this a thing though? Like if I'm walking around with the flu, am I emitting an odor that I ordinarily wouldn't emit? Like how is like it's just not as I mean, it's it's semi-reliable, but it's not as reliable as like it's not the end all be all. It's like I don't know how much you're in the um into like memes and stuff on on Twitter, but it's like the meme where the security guard is barely patting down the people that come into the building. Yeah. That's what it seems like when the dog and the temperature checks with me. It's like, oh, you got the temperature check. Now go into this super spreader event. Like <laughs> <laughs> I just I, no. Hey, speaking of super sp- super spreader events, right? I hopped on yesterday because you know they're coming to, the Super Bowl's coming to Tampa. I was like, you know what? COVID's taking its toll. Let's just check out the tickets. Maybe we drive up. Don't doesn't yeah. require a plane. We can Airbnb. We'll hop in there for a little while. Yeah. You know how much a ticket for that bad boy was, bro? How much? 30 racks per ticket. Nah, fam. Yes, fam. Yes. I'm saying nah, fam, never. 
Yeah, Nev, what? Who are you telling? So I, I put in, I put in, you know, uh, there are four or five of us. So I'm like, yeah, let's just do five. Let's just see what that looks like. I'm expecting, I don't know, maybe, you know, 20 grand, 30 grand. I think it was a hundred and change. It's <laughs> like, yeah, no, we're not. Hey, Super guess Bowl what, boys? Like, you we're thought. not going. We're not going to the Super Bowl. Sorry, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> the Andersons got tickets. The Bells did not. The Bells did not. We did not get tickets for that. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, also, like, Super Bowl is one of those things is, like, I've just been, like, I've just accepted the fact that I'm not ever going to go to a Super Bowl unless, like, it's free, unless I'm covering it or I get the hookup on some free tickets, bro. It's just not happening, man. It's just not. It's not going to happen. Completely off topic, right? But we had Matrix on, and he was talking about that Super Bowl party that he uh, that he had where he got traded, the one that I didn't That's get to go bitter. to. Yeah, yeah. Is you're still bitter about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was having an, another party at that time, right? Like, And so it was Steve Nash and Sean Marks and Eric Piakowski and some other players that were coming over to watch the Super Bowl um, with us. Right before, like an hour before kickoff, I get a call. The Super Bowl's in Phoenix that year. It is the Patriots undefeated. Randy Moss and Tom Brady against Eli Manning. It was the catch game, right? Mm -hmm. I get a call saying like, hey, man, I got two tickets for the suite. Can you and your wife come to the game? What does Logan Murdoch do in that situation? You've already got a little party of your people coming over, but you get this once in a lifetime shot at going to the Super Bowl. What do you do? I you had the party, and I think you're a better person than me because I'm like, well, check this out, guys. I just got a super – like. Especially, I just got Super Bowl tickets. I'm going to this bowl. No, Sorry, I, I, I was. Completely this has been a like, theme of yours, Raja. This has been a theme of yours, like just loving your family over get, well, doing great things. No, it was. It wasn't even loving my family because my wife was pissed. She was like, "Why didn't we go to the fucking game?" I'm like, "Well, you know, we had people coming over, and so you know." And she's a big giant fan, and I've never lived that down. So, eh, just curious. She should. She was. Mrs. Bell was like. D did a did a Roger Bell special? Fuck the motherfuckers! <laughs> let's fuck, let's go. Let's go to Scottsdale. Yeah, she was on the we're, we're out. It was Glendale. Uh, it was fifteen minutes Glendale. away. We're gone. Oh, you're out of pocket, dog. Oh, uh, jeez, damn man. I shit. Um. Well, then. Uh. Oof. Yeah, man. Just don't. Just moral of the story, man. Just tell tell the truth. You know Keep what I mean? Just tell the truth. Keep it a buck, man. We just it's Adam Silver. I've rocked with what you've done as a commissioner. Just keep it a buck with, with the fan base, bro. Just because yeah. you're not you're not gonna appease every you're not gonna appeal to everybody. You're Be not. a real one. Be a real one, bro. Be a real one. Be a real one. Speaking of real ones, man. Uh, tomorrow marks the tragic passing of a real one, Kobe Bryant. Um, I remember where I was when that happened. Um, I know you remember where you were when that happened. We don't have to get to that. Let's just go to the happy stuff, man. What's your before we get out of here, Roger? What's your favorite Kobe Bryant moment um, of all time? I have two favorite favorite Kobe moments. My favorite, my first one is um, first time back in Staples after after the clothesline and stuff like that. And I've told this story before: walking down the tunnel, seeing Kobe and some people walking in front of me at a slower pace than I'm walking, knowing that I have to pass by them to get to my bus, and that I, mm -hmm. before we get to the bus, I'm gonna have to go by them, fully anticipating like maybe we got a scrap, like whatever that looks like. I don't know. And as I pass them, hearing my name called and being like, "No shit, here we go." And as I turn around. It's his wife, it's his mother-in-law and his daughters. And he's just like, hey, Raj, man, I want you to meet, you know, this is my mother-in-law and this is so on and so forth. And 
I just, that was really, really cool because that was the beginning of like, it was the first time I knew that there was some mutual respect there and that we weren't going to have like hard feelings for the rest of our lives about that. Like, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that, that was one of my favorite moments. My second favorite moment was, uh, I was out in LA for the ESPYs and I was a free agent and, you know, I was going to, Kobe asked if we could meet to talk about me maybe coming to LA and I was like, yeah, bet. I'm staying like at the Marmont, like or wherever I was down. The Chateau like, Marmont. Okay. Yeah. He was like, yo, I'm, yeah, he was like, I'm in, I'm in Malibu. Like I live out in Malibu, so on and so forth. I'm like, he was like, okay, I'll send somebody to get you. I'm like, okay, bet. Like, what are they, well, you know, what are they going to be driving? And he was like, nah, it's the Mamba Chopper. I'm sending the chopper. And he called it the Mamba Chopper. Get to the and chopper. Was, it was the chopper. And I was like, damn, dog, this is some other level this is some other level shit, man, this dude. And he explained, like, I, I take the chopper, you know, in and out because traffic's so bad. And, and that's the way I get down there. That's so, that's so gangster, man. That's so, so gangster. So gangster. <laughs> I didn't realize, well, before we get to my stories, I didn't realize, like, how far Orange County was from L.A. I'm just like, why can't you just freaking drive, Kobe? But I get it. Right. I, I, I get it. You right. want to live all the way out <laughs> in, o, in the OC and then you need a chopper, man. You need to be rich enough to get a chopper, bro. And he was That's sending dope, it. Man. Yep. And you spurned great. Let me tell it. Let me tell a third story. I tell a third story real quick. Yeah, tell a third story. Uh, tell a third story. story. Let's, go. Let's get it. So I'm in Charlotte. Um, nope, I'm on Charlotte's team. It's the night like I tear my wrist up um, and and have to get surgery. But I don't know that I need surgery yet. And Kobe doesn't know that I need surgery. And, and um, we've played an entire preseason game against each other, right? In Staples mm-hmm. preseason. Um pleasantries talking a little you know like what we do just whatever and i'm getting dressed in my locker and i feel like this lingering presence i've done my media already so now i'm getting dressed i want i'm kind of like leave me be right and something is just like hovering over me so i finally look up like well who the like who is still here what do they want and it's a dude dressed in all black looks like the men in black right i think his name was robert and he's like hey mr bell um you know i'm robert kobe's uh mr bryant's security mr bryant would like to know if you'd like to go to dinner with him tonight and I was like, I just fucking played against this man for like, for a whole two hours, bro. And he like, he Did didn't you guys say do the shit dap about up, that. the post game dap up and stuff like that too? Dog, no. all of that. And like, I'm like sitting in my locker and there's like a security guard there asking if Mr. Bryant, like if you'd like to go to dinner with Mr. Bryant. Like, and I thought, I just thought that was like, so Kobe, like, it's just, he lived in like kind of a different world like that than I did, you know? Yeah, that was like the time when I saw Stephen A. Smith, and he was, and it was so gangster. He was like, he answered the phone because he was getting his car service. He answered the phone. He was like, "Yes, this is Mister Smith," <laughs> and then, and then walked out the coolest way. I'll be right out. I'll be right out, Mister Smith. Was clean. But um, so I got two stories for Kobe, man, and um, one of those is uh, actually I might have three, but we'll see. The first one is actually had to do with, uh, and I tell this story a lot with, um, my mom used to, uh, to, uh, do, um, to cover games up in sack. And, uh, you know, she, um, put me on the headset and was like, yo man, just listen, because you knew the Lakers are my favorite team growing up. And, um, she, uh, she, um, interviewed Shaq, Shaq, uh, Phil, and then the last was Kobe broke all journalistic code and was like, yo, my son is a huge fan of yours. He's on the phone right now. And Kobe goes, um, if you can hear me, tell him I said, what's up? And I was like, I don't, I don't know what I want to do, but 
if journalism allows me to like have these experiences, then I want to go to do journalism. That's like kind of why I'm here right now. So that's the first Kobe story. That's a pretty big deal. That's a, a pretty big story. deal. Yeah. And um, second one was um, also happened in Sacramento. Um, I remember uh, it was one of my, the, it was the King's home opener in 2011. And um, I was in, uh, I was in Fresno at the time because I was, just, it was Christmas time. So I was, just, I was with the fam for Christmas. And um, I remember that I got the credential to go to the game, to the game up in Sac. And it's about a three hour drive uh, from Fresno to Sac. And um, I, it was, I remember I was like, I have to get to shoot around. I don't know what shoot around is, but I know you get to talk. The Lakers are going to have shoot around. So let's let's freaking go to shoot around. Right. So I woke up at like 6 a.m., bro. Got to sack at like nine. And remember I walked in and I heard Kobe before I, uh, before I like saw him, which is probably appropriate because it was just like, it was like, it was like this mythical, like great, uh, like figure. And, um, I remember I, uh, I, uh, he had done his availability and I never really asked a star a question before. And I was like, no, and in Sacramento, the Kings were having this, uh, this promotion that they were called, like there was a blackout. So they were going to have all the fans wearing black. Mm-hmm. And, um, I told Kobe, it was going to be like a fan question. I it wasn't even a good question. It was like, and I started off, I'm like, Hey Kobe, so there's these blackouts in Sacramento. How are you going <laughs> to handle it? <laughs> and he's like, he looks at me, he's like, what the, what the fuck? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and uh, I was like, and I regroup and I'm like, da, 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 and I explain him the promotion, and I'm like, oh, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Gives me a great answer, you know, you know, gun. I've, Sacramento's always been loud, but you know, I've, I've been doing this for a long time, so it shouldn't be a problem. But you know, Sacramento's like a really uh, fun environment, and I'm looking right. forward to it. Da, da, da. And um. You know, and that that really brought me into journalism. That was my first time, and it gave me confidence to ask players questions, right? Right. And um, the last one um, was uh, I. The next year, I had gone and asked Kobe a question, and then I, the, and I went to L.A. I drove down to L.A. just for the Kings Lakers game, and um, I remember I asked him a question, and then afterwards he had come out of the locker room, and I don't know why I had this audacity. I think I was like nineteen or something, and I had this audacity. I was like. Kobe, I'll see you in two weeks, bro. Tap him on the the shoulder because they were going to go to Sacramento. And I was driving up from the Bay to Sac for an internship. And um, he goes back and I I tap his shoulder. And that probably wasn't the coolest thing to do because, like, I don't know him. I didn't know Kobe at all. And so um, I tap his shoulder and then um, I walk walk behind him. I walk the other way. And so two seconds later, I get a tap on the shoulder and it's Kobe and it's hella hard. It's like, all right, man, see you in two weeks. Bop on the back. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, I call my mom and I'm like, I've never, I've never washed you this shoulder. <laughs> this is crazy. And uh, yeah, and then I was also like honored to be on the, the last um the last game of his in Oakland in in uh at Oracle. I was at that game and I was on the court while he was leaving the floor for the last time in Oracle Arena. Like you could see me on the on the uh, TNT broadcast, me just like you know, like getting the video and stuff, but like right. I was there while he was walking off, and that was just a big deal for me, right? Because like I'm from the, I'm from Oakland, from the Bay, and you know, to see him walk off, to see him in his last game in the Bay, was a pretty big deal. So 
RIP Kobe. I gave you like like four stories, but no, like all good. yeah, man. It was uh rest in peace, man. Absolutely, bro. He was uh yeah, dog, like that that impact is forever, right? That legacy lives forever, bro. So rest in peace, brother. Rest in peace, man. All right. Well, we will see you guys Thursday. Might have a might have a little 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 guest. We would come mm-hmm. through with the guest mm-hmm. on the room. Guest the Thursday been solid. Show. Matrix you was know, we, Matrix was phenomenal. Matrix was phenomenal. He had a lot to get off of his chest. I am mm-hmm. grateful for that. He was a great guest. Rip Hamilton was a great guest. Oh, facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim, Tim Duncan. Duncan. Come mm-hmm. on, man. You know, we're just giving you this, you know, Perk. and even before that, Perk, Taylor mm-hmm. Rooks. You Taylor, know what I mean? Yeah, we give, we give you great guests on the real ones, man. We might have some there for you. But in the meantime, Check out our other podcast. Hey, Tricks, Tricks laughed at me when I was giving the read and I was paying the bills last, last week. I was, just, I, was just, I was just trying <laughs> to get hey, it Ain't on. no shame in paying the bills, bro. Do your thing. All Go right, ahead. man. All right, Let man. them have it. Just make sure you watch all of our slate, man. The answer, um, the mismatch, the group chat, you know, Super Bowl that's coming around the corner, man. Go listen to that on the Ringer NFL show feed. Go watch R2C2 with Vallejo legend, CC Sabathia. Also, go ahead and check out the Ringer uh, music show with my guy, Charles Holmes. Holla!